This is Spunky. And Snarky. And we say, welcome, welcome to, to the, the show. show. Hello and welcome to our last week in July. Time is flying by lately with all the COVID stuff going on. And today we wanted to take a little look because on Saturday I was supposed to be on a plane to go to the Olympics, but that got canceled. So we're going to have a little celebration of the Olympics, which is one of my favorite events of every couple years. I'm someone who doesn't watch sports all that much and isn't all that patriotic, but when it's Olympic time, game on. Anyway, so today we're looking at a movie that I really enjoyed as a kid that talks about the Olympics. No, not Miracle. We're talking Jamaica's bobsled team. Cool runnings. Some people say you know they can't believe Jamaica Jamaica has has a bobsled team. And I've never seen this movie, but I knew that song for some reason. Probably because I sang it. I used to watch this movie (laughs) on the Disney Channel like all the time. Anyway, so let's dive on into this movie. So today we're watching Cool Runnings, which was released on October 1st, 1993. It was John Candy's last film to be released while he was alive. And it's loosely based on the true story of the Jamaican national bobsled team's debut in competition during the 1988 Winter Olympics in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. The movie starts off in the grassy fields of Jamaica and you see a sprinter on some makeshift like track like he's got some rock like starting blocks and he's gonna run and the kids are like rolling out toilet paper for him to <laughs> run through and which he does but then he keeps running and he's kind of running through the town and you get to see the marketplace <laughs> and everything. Yeah, and that's my favorite part. Was <laughs> You see the two ladies and they're like, I can watch him run all day. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's so mean. over here. So he's like running through and you kind of find out that he's gearing up to run in the Olympic qualifier for the 1988 uh, Olympics in Seoul, Korea. So he runs to this derby that's taking place. It's like a boxcar race. And you meet his friend, Sanka, who's with these kids and they're going to compete in this derby. So they're like doing this like, feel the rhythm, feel the ride. It's boxes derby time. And so they start going down the hill in this like makeshift little box cart. And they're doing really good. They're passing people, like egging them on. And then all of a sudden things go off the rails and (laughs) they can't slow down and they end up like crashing into a like little like shack. The main guy's like, you're dead? And he's like, yeah. (laughs) He's like covered in soot, but he's fine, really. I thought it was funny that they called him Senka Coffee. That's his actual name in the movie because Senka Coffee is like an actual coffee brand. Oh. (laughs) And I know in like Africa, like coffee is like anyone born on Friday, like has the first name of coffee with like K-O-F-I. Oh, really? Yeah. But this is Jamaica, so I don't know. Oh, also, their boxcar was named the Rasta Rocket, which I thought was kind of funny, too. And it was painted all colorful. It's like yellow and green and red. 
So later he runs back to his house and you meet his girlfriend and find out his name's Jerice and he's a teacher, but he's just like jazzed up because he wants to go to the Olympics and his Olympic qualifier is like the next day. So later they cut to the Olympic trial, the 100 meter dash, and the top three that cross the finish line make it into the Olympics. So the race starts and Doris is doing good, but then all of a sudden the runner next to him stumbles and trips and takes him and another runner out. And of course there's a really like slow motion like replay. No! No, and the girlfriend's watching and she knows something's about to happen because the music changed in her head, I guess. <laughs> and yeah, they fall and it's just like awful. And then you see like three other people like cheering because they won. And Yeah, it's like very slow-mo. As he's like looking up, he sees like the three other people like, you know, celebrating. And, and he's got like, like no. dirt, like just strategically placed on his face. Yeah. <laughs> that make him look good. So clearly he didn't get in and he's super dejected. So he goes to the Olympic Committee president, Coolidge, who is like, sorry, but there's no do-over. And he's like, it's not fair. And he's like, well, rarely in life it is fair. And, you know, that kind of thing. He's basically like, you're still young enough. You can come back in four years. And he's like, four fucking years? Like, really? And he's like, unless you want to be, like, a bicyclist or a boxer, because that's the only events Jamaica competes in. He's all sad. And so as he's about to walk out, he just happens to notice a picture on the wall. And it's his father, who is also a sprinter, standing next to a gold medal-wearing white dude. And he's like, who's this other man? Oh, that's Irv Blitzer. He's an old friend of your father's who was trying to recruit sprinters to create a Jamaican bobsled team years ago. And he was a two-time American bobsled gold medalist in the 1968 Winter Olympics. And he finished first in two events again during the 1972 Winter Olympics. So you see the light kind of go off in Doris's head and he's like, hmm. But then he's like, by the way, what's a bobsled? <laughs> So he goes to Sanka and he's like, you're going to help me with this bobsled team, right? And he's like, what the fuck's a bobsled? And he's like, oh, it's this like thing that slides down a hill with ice. And he's like, ice? What the fuck you talking about? Like, there ain't no ice around here. And uh, eventually he's like, look, I'm your friend. We've been through a lot of things. Just look me in the eye and say, Sanka, I need you. And he's like, Sanka, I really need you. And he's like, no. <laughs> But then he's like, all right, all right. He's a lot of comedy relief. He's a real fast talker, played by well, Dougie kind of, Doug. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny because, like, you know, the bombs is essentially the same as a push cart, except it's not, it's on, you know, blades instead of wheels. Yeah. So you would think he'd be, like, totally down for it. Except for the whole, like, Ice being thing. cold yeah. thing. <laughs> Pretty much. So they decide they're going to go find Blitzer at this bar. And they show up and he's there like listening to the radio about a horse race and like is clearly losing is like freaking out. And then the horse is named Tumbleweed, which I thought was really funny. And he, afterwards, Tumbleweed loses and he like gets like super pissed and like grabs a pool stick and like beats the radio up. 
And they're watching this and they're like, oh, snap. And so he goes up and he's like, oh, are you Irv Blitzer? We want to form a bobsled team. And he's just like, doesn't even say anything. He's like, fuck your face. And he goes to for a pool cue and they're like, mm, we better get the hell out of here. But they keep coming back and annoying him. They like show up in the toilet at one point <laughs> when he's about to go and he gets all pissed off and he's like, look, clearly you're having a bad day. I'm going to come back tomorrow and the next day and the next day until you give us a chance with this like bobsled team. Finally, Doris tells Blitzer that he's Ben Bannock's son and reminds him of his former Olympic dreams, which eventually convinces Blitzer to help them out. You can kind of tell Irv still doesn't really want to do it, but he's just trying to get them off their case. So they hold this like recruitment meeting to try to get like two more people because you need four people for a bobsled team. And of course, there's tons of people there. And then they're showing this video and it's of all like bobsled crashes. <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, yeah, you, your bones don't just break in a bobsled. Oh, no, they shatter. And then like the film ends and there's like no one left in the room. <laughs> yeah, the lights come on and there's no one left. It's ever Sanka. Because they've all left. But then the big bald dude who was tripped um, in the race shows up and he's like, I don't care what I got to do. I want to go to the Olympics. I want off of the island. So let's do this. His name is Yule Brenner, which is kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, did he just like make that up or is that like his real name? Who knows? And then the other guy, Junior, the one who tripped both of them comes in as well. And Yule Brenner about to kick his ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like super timid, but they're like, we need him because he's the only one here. So if we're going to do this, we need him on the team. So over the next several weeks, the four train under Blitzer's guidance using a wheeled bobsled that they ride down the hillside. Over time, they improve both their speed and sled coordination. They have to be able to jump in the bobsled within like five seconds or something. It's six seconds to be good. <laughs> and like you have to get all into place and able to like, you know, curl in so you gain speed. And there's this funny part where they finally, like, do it, and they're rolling down the hill, and they can't control it, and then they, like, crash into a cop car. <laughs> and they're like, what are you doing? And it's like, we're a Jamaican bobsled team. We're practicing. And the cops just laugh at them. But then John Candy, like, shows up and is like, you did it. You made it. And under the six seconds, get your bobsled back up the hill. And the cops are just like, oh, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> So Blitzer decides that, you know, they need some money if they're going to get to Canada. And so he talks to Mr. Coolidge to see if they can have some money from the Olympic Fund to send these guys to the Winter Olympics. But he's like, you're fucking crazy. Like, you're not going to embarrass us by sending them and they don't even know what they're doing. And so they decide that they're going to, you know, fundraise to try to get money. So you got the big bald guy trying to arm wrestle. You got Sanka out on the street trying to panhandle with this. Some people say, you know, they can't believe Jamaica. We have a bobsled team. And um, Doris and him have a kissing booth at one point until his girlfriend comes and shuts that shit down. She's like, uh-uh. And finally, this dude pays Sanka a dollar to, like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> So they only end up raising like $100. But then Junior shows up with a bag full of money because he sold his car. 
he's from like a rich family, but like his dad wants him to go work at some investment firm. But he just didn't tell his dad and just sold his car and is just going to deal with the consequences later. So they're off and running to Canada. So they land in Calgary where it's like negative 23 degrees. And they're like freezing. So there's like a montage of Sanka like putting on every pair of clothing he brought with him and the bag. So Blitzer officially registers the team and meets up with some of his old teammates, which some of them are not too happy to see him. But Mm -hmm. he gets this one guy to help him get a practice sled. Jamaicans have never been in an actual bobsled or practice on actual ice. So they start going to the ice rink and practice just walking on ice for the first time and try to get their cold endurance up. Darius sees the Swiss bobsledders like do a practice run and is like super like stoked by it and inspired. So for the first time on the ice, they just get in the bobsled and like John Candy's just going to give them like a nudge to send them going. And like the East German team is watching and the one guy is like making fun of them. It's like, oh, you're going to tuck them in too? They're all like, why do they hate us so much? And Yulebrenner's like, people are always afraid of what's different and we're different. Which I thought kind of resonated, especially nowadays. Anyway, so they're about to go. And (laughs) Sanka's like, I gotta go pee. And he's like, you can't go. You gotta hold it. And he's like, no, no, I I gotta go. And so he pushes them. And they're going down, but they're not steering good. They're all over the place. And, like, they end up crashing on this one turn. And (laughs) Doris is like, you can pee now. And he's like, I already did. (laughs) (laughs) Back at the hotel, Yule talks about how he wants to get out of Jamaica. And he shows them a picture of where he wants to live. Junior and Sanka laugh because it's a picture of Buckingham Palace. They're like, the only way you can live there is if you marry the queen. And he like totally didn't know and is embarrassed. But Junior totally is like, you know what? You can do what you want. My father made his riches out of nothing. So you can too if you believe in it. And kind of peps Yule up. Junior tells Sanka that he should take a lesson from Yule and not give up on his dreams. And this makes him feel guilty over how his life has been. They have another practice run, and my favorite line is Sanka saying he's freezing his Rastafarian nanas off. So they're going to do the running start, but they can't get in the sled. Like, they're chasing after the sled, and it's a huge fail. And there's a picture taken of them, like, chasing after the sled. And it makes, like, international news, so it gets back to Jamaica. Yeah, and so, of course, Junior's father finds out. And later that day, the coach of the U.S. team, like, visits Doris while he's in the locker room and tells him that Blitzer cheated, and that's why no one likes him or wants to work with him. Back at the hotel, Junior gets a telegram from his father telling him to go home and he's like crap what am I gonna do about this so of course they do what any youngster in trouble would do they go to the bar (laughs) so Sanka is all line dancing up in the club and meanwhile Junior's like freaking out what to do about his dad and Yule is just like look you gotta be a man you gotta like stand up for yourself and do what you want to do and think about your teammates and he's like i don't know what to do 
And then the East German guy just pops in and is like, could you be quiet? You know, and it just starts being super mean to them. And Junior's super shy and kind of is just like, oh, I'm sorry. But the German guy keeps egging him on and Yule is like, "Mm mm-mm, don't mess with my man. And then he drags Junior into the bathroom to give him a pep talk and be like, look. You are pride. You are power. You are a bad motherfucker. He's like, that's what I see when I look at you in the mirror. And you got to tell yourself this too. So he repeats it back and he's like, I'm pride. I'm power. I'm a bad mother. And then he's like, finally all into it and like storms off. And Yule's like, where's it going? And he goes over to the German guy and is like, you need to apologize to me. And he's like, or what? And then he's like, oh, fuck, you didn't think that far ahead. But then Yule is like, I'll tell you what. And then they start getting into a fight. And Thanka sees them fighting and just joins in. And they have a ballroom brawl. So back in the hotel room, Darice reprimands the rest of the boys for embarrassing their team and getting into the fight. The three are not taking him that seriously until Blitzer shows up. And then he, like, reams their ass and reminds them what's at stake for the team. They don't start listening to him and Darice. And then they vow to take bobsledding more seriously. So the next day, Blitzer's asleep and they wake his ass up with an alarm clock because it's training montage time. And they have this like Jamaican like Rise Above It song that I was kind of digging. And so there's lots of like funny things they're doing to kind of like run through the snow and learn how to bobsled. There's a part where they're like sitting in the bathtub all like hunched together like they're in the bobsled and they're like moving at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, like doing the different turns on the course. So soon enough, it's qualifying night. And they find out that one of their judges was Blitzer's old coach. And he's like, ah, shit, I'm fucked because this guy does not like me. But they still do it anyway. And they got to get under a minute, which they just changed because it was like a minute too. But now they got to get under a minute. So he's like, great. So they got him some new uniforms and they're like, we are going to do this. So they go out there and they have a really good run. They get into the bobsled and like a little over six seconds, things are going good. And they make it just under a minute at 59.46 seconds. And then they get back to the locker room and they're painting their sled because it looked like a press bucket. They painted it with the Jamaican colors, drinking their Coke. They have like a product placement Coke moment. Coke's been like the sponsor of the Olympics for like God knows how And long, Disney so. and Coke and it's all connected, but whatever. There's a funny moment where they're like, what should we name the bobsled? And Junior's like, oh, we should name it Tallulah. And they're like, that sounds like a two cent hooker. <laughs> and he's like, that's my mother's name. And they're like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> and then they decide to name it Cool Runnings. And it means peace be the journey. And so they're having a good time, and then they get this letter, and it turns out the administration decided to disqualify them. So they were disqualified because they said that they were supposed to qualify in another event, but then they didn't. So Blitzer goes to the committee and gives this, like, impassioned speech about just because they're different, they should still be able to compete, and just because you're mad at me for cheating back in the day. Yeah, I fucked up. So if you want to disqualify someone, disqualify me. But they worked hard, and they should be allowed to walk into the opening ceremony under the Jamaica flag because they earned 
earned it and you shouldn't be able to take it away. There was a part where he's like to one a guy like I didn't know four black guys in a box like would make you blush because he's basically saying they're an embarrassment. So after that he storms out and you know they're waiting around and they get a phone call in the hotel and he's like okay okay and they're like what is it what did they say and he's like we're back in. So they get to walk in the opening ceremony and it's televised in Jamaica and everyone's super proud. So Junior's father shows up and it's like, you need to come home. What the hell are you doing? And finally he's like, I'm pride and power. And it's just like, dad, I'm not going home. I'm a man. And then his dad is just like, oh, and leaves, like doesn't even fight with him. It's now the first day of the Olympics and they're back on the track and unfortunately they don't do so good. They come in like last place. Yeah, they really like choke bad. Like their start goes really bad. Like they can't get the one guy like in the sled and the commentators are just like making fun of them the whole time. So everyone's really upset and they're back in the hotel room and... They're like, why can't we be like the Swiss? Swiss do this, the Swiss do that. Like, Doris is obsessed with the Swiss. And Sanka's like, look, we're not Swiss. Like, the best I can be is Jamaican. So we need to, like, just own our Jamaicanness and, like, do this like Jamaicans. Oh, there was a funny thing where he's like, I've known you since Julie Jeffrey, like, tried to see your diggling. And I thought that guy funny. I pick up on these little nuances in case you haven't noticed. So, like, the next day comes, and they, like, come to the track, and they're singing the, like, some people say, you know, they can't believe Jamaica, we have a bobsled team, and are just like, we are gonna win this as Jamaicans, and are just in, like, higher spirit. So, they do their second run, and they end up with a pretty fast time, which puts them in eighth place. Yeah, 56.53, which is better than their qualifier. So they have some downtime, they're in good spirits, and Blitzer and Doris are chatting, and he asks Blitzer why he cheated. And he's like, I had to win. Like, I was winning, and it's like, if you're not enough without the gold medal, then you'll never be enough with it. And he's just like, I couldn't deal with not winning. Blitzer says that he'll know that feeling, whether he'll need it or not, when the Olympics are over. He'll know if he can think of himself as a champion with a medal or not a medal. And so they go to their last run, and they're in pretty good standing. So they start off, and they're going great, and they get into the car on time, and things are going good. But then the camera pans to, like, some metal screws shaking, and you know that's never a good sign. <laughs> And one of the blades starts wiggling a little. And then all of a sudden the announcer's talking about how they're going off track a little bit and things aren't looking good and what's going on. And then all of a sudden they're going into a turn and they crash. Well, they flip and then they kind of like keep sliding down the track on the side. And it's scary as fuck just to watch. Because their heads are like on the ice. I mean, that's why they got helmets, but still. And it's Sanka this time who's like, three. You did? He's like, no. So they were looking around and there's people who are running to come to the rescue and they're really close to the finish line. They're only like 20 feet away. So they decide to get out and they're going to carry the sled to the finish. 
and I find it really funny as they're walking along. Who should start the slow clap but the East German guy who's watching in the audience? And why is he in the audience? Because he should be competing, so that makes no fucking sense either. But he starts the slow clap, and the slow clap goes on for quite some time, like, in unison. It's like... For a while and you see Blitzer's old coach and then you see Junior's dad and he's rocking the Jamaican bobsleds team shirt and then he's all smiley and then finally everyone breaks out into just plain cheers as they cross the finish line and everyone's like super happy even though they failed miserably and probably have to get the fuck off the course so the next people can run but whatever and there's a little blurb at the end about how they appeared in that Olympics and for you years later they returned as equals and you see a photographer taking the photo of the team with blitzer then it cuts to jamaica where you see mr coolidge and he's like putting it on his wall above the picture of Teresa's dad yeah which is kind of cool because it's like full circle they return to jamaica as heroes even though they didn't win anything yeah, and the credit roll, and then I didn't realize there was an actual Jamaica bobsled team chant song with a lady singing it, which I thought was pretty funny. Apparently it was a true song that came out when the original bobsled team went, written back then. So that's it, the cool running. I find this movie campy and wonderful. I like it. It's a Disney uplifting story. But the, I mean, there were a lot of mad jokes for a Disney movie, just saying. It's funny because I don't give a shit about sports, but I love sports movies for some reason. I'm like that. I can probably talk in the brain basement about how much I love sports anime, but that's a whole nother story. You know, everyone loves a good underdog story. And like, even though they didn't win in this one, like, it's just the fact that they were acknowledged. Oh my God, I was crying like a baby at the end of this. Well, I cry at movies all the time anyways, because I'm super sensitive. (laughs) Well, and two, I like the whole thing about his dad, like coming around, you know? Yeah. acknowledge them and it's a little bit of you got the guy who fucked up who's coming back to coach and he's turning his shit around you got these runners who couldn't compete who finally got the chance to compete who are like turning their shit around like it's an uplifting movie and it's got a lot of like funny humor like mixed i enjoyed it and i hadn't seen it before it's a good movie to watch all right let's go to the brain basement All right, welcome to the Brain Basement, where we're going to talk a little bit about Mr. Olympics and some other things. So after watching this, I always like to go on IMDb and like look up the actors just to see if like I recognize them from other things. And it turns out the main guy who played Doris, his name is Leon. He was in the Madonna Like a Prayer video, you know, the controversial what? one. He's like a saint, but then people like lost their shit over that video back in the 80s. Madonna was supposed to have a Pepsi deal, and then Pepsi saw that video and was like, oh no, because it was just like super blasphemous to people, I guess, at the time. And Ooh, I'm gonna have to go look at this now. you never seen this video? I mean, I'm sure I have, but it's been a long time. But yeah, he was hella good looking. He's been in a bunch of other stuff too. I want to talk about the Olympics. I don't know. They've always been like a super big part of my life. Like I said, I don't really watch sports, but like for that, however many weeks it is, depending on the winter or the summer, like I'm glued to the TV and I will watch anything and everything. I'll watch curling. I will watch handball. I will watch water polo, even though I find it super boring, but I will watch whatever. 
but can't get enough of it. And it's like my super bucket list dream to go to the Olympics, which I was planning to do in Japan because Japan and the Olympics, check, check. But due to COVID, everything got canceled. But I'm still planning to go next year, but I'm just hoping it all works out because I don't think they'll be able to do it unless we get a vaccine. But yeah, I remember the Atlanta ones in 96 with Tara Lipinski and all that. I think it was the 96 ones. Didn't we see like they had the like guy running with yeah, the torch? Yeah, they had cool. the torch run through our city, which was really cool. I just remember a lot of Olympic things. One of the coolest like Olympic torch lightings, though, was a Barcelona one where he shot the arrow into the cauldron. That was really cool. I remember that when I was a kid. I was also born in the Olympic year, so, so you know, I. it's in my blood. <laughs> Well, in 84, when you were born, they were in L.A. Yes, they're supposed to come back to L.A. in, I think it's 2028, which I'd love to go to, but I can only imagine, like, how expensive it's going to be to get a place to stay in L.A. and transportation in L.A. And it's, like, probably cheaper to go to Japan, (laughs) but we'll see what happens. Also, we were talking before that I really love, like, sports movies. And I really like sports anime. Prince of Tennis. I'm so weird that I went to see the Prince of Tennis musical in Japan. And it's not in English. And it's, it's a musical about tennis. And I've been twice. There's also um, Haikyuu is a really cool sports anime about volleyball. And they've had, like, not musical, but, like, a live play that I've watched that's really cool. I haven't watched it live, but there's so many sports anime that I love. Yo, Mushy Pedal, Slam Dunk, all the good ones. They're just fundamentally interesting. I was actually planning to go to see indoor volleyball in Japan, and everything I know about it, I learned from watching Haikyuu. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to learn about sports, even if you're not necessarily going to do them. <laughs> but yeah, it's a lot of that underdog spirit, though, too. I mean, I watch the Olympics, but I'm not like as into them as you. Like, I'll just catch them in passing. Sometimes the commentators are, like, super horrible, though. It just yeah, depends. Yeah, that kind of takes me out of it. One, like, it's funny, like, the, how they butcher, like, some of the international names. Not that I'm perfect either, but yeah. I just remember in men's gymnastics, like, this one Japanese dude was named Daisuke, and they kept saying Daisuke, which means I love you, and it's like, okay, we get it. You like him a lot, but <laughs> could you say his name right? But no, too, in figure skating, I know, like, last year, there was that figure skater. He was really young, and he was, like, pegged to, like, really win everything, but he kind of choked. And they were, like, so mean to him. He's American, and you're American. Yes, he messed up, but you don't gotta, like, keep bringing it up, like, every fucking time you talk to him. Like, why did you choke? How did you feel when you choked? How the fuck do you think I felt? Or I remember once there was a skier, and I forget what happened exactly. I don't know if his, like, brother had just died or something happened where he had this tragedy in his family. And, of course, like, after his, like, run, they just bring it up, like, nonchalantly. Like, did you, like, do it this way because you were thinking about your, like, dead brother? And I'm like, you are so insensitive. Like, you're an asshole. Like, you can ask him a question. Everyone knows the backstory because they played it a bajillion times. You don't have to be so fucking direct. And then there's always some Olympic controversy that, like, shakes things up. Like, Lochte in Brazil when he made up that whole fucking story. That Richard Jewell thing that they just made a movie about. But I remember when it actually happened at the 96 Olympics about the bombing. Oh, yeah. And they blamed him. 
turned out it wasn't him. But I didn't see the movie that came out, but I remember following that case. But I love the Olympics. I don't know why, but I just do. All right, moving on to the music spotlight. All right, now for the music spotlight. And today's topic is montage songs. Yeah, I really like the montage song in this movie, but we're going to count down some of our favorite montage songs. All right, and the first on the list is a song from Rocky Four. It's Robert Tepper, No Easy Way Out. There's no easy way out. There's no shortcut Yeah, this song rocks. Well, Rocky IV, even though I've never seen that movie, but I know it's like the king of montage songs because I think there's like five different montage songs in that movie. But that's the one we picked. Moving on to number two is Paul Engman and Scarface, a.k.a. Push it to the limit. Push it to the limit. songs on this list are from sports type movies except for this one unless you want to consider snorting a shit ton of cocaine a sport <laughs> yeah anyways i love this song it's got a really good Giorgio marauder synth solo in the middle and he's fucking awesome and yeah this is just a really good song like if you want to get hyped or something it is it's a good one and then moving on to number three with joe esposito one of my personal favorites you're the best around. You're the best around. Nothing's gonna ever keep you down. You're the best around. And nothing's gonna ever keep you down. You're the best around. Nothing's gonna ever keep you down. Nothing's gonna ever keep you down. You're the best around. From the Karate Kid. I mean, what yeah. can I say? This, it's, it's the best. This around. song made that movie. Yeah. I mean, that and I'm the man who will fight for your honor. Well, that's I from mean, number two, but yeah, whatever. No. Yeah. They're the best around is a great training montage song and served the Karate Kid very well. All right. Number four is a song from the Transformers movie, the original, not the 2000s ones. It's Stan Bush with the touch. You got the touch. You got the power When all hell's breaking loose You'll be right in the eye of the storm You got the heart You got the motion You know that when things get too tough You got the touch Cause you got the touch, you got the power, yeah! 
Yeah. Sorry, I love that yeah part. That's like I mean, awesome. That's what killed it. I don't even it. know if this is from a montage, but it just like fucking like rocks. And it feels like, very montagey. You could have your own personal montage to it. For, for real. Like it's super 80s and I freaking love it. All right. And then of course, the last but certainly not least, one of the greatest montage songs of all time. We got Survivor with Doom. It's the greatest. I mean, how can you not get pumped with that beat? Yeah. And this you is can. from Rocky Three. And yeah, I mean, this is just like one of the best songs ever. It's like you want to pump your fist in the air. Fuck authority. I don't know. <laughs> it's yeah. the best. All right. We have an honorable mention, which is from the movie Team America World Police. And it's, we're gonna have a montage. Anything if you want to go from just a beginner to a pro. Which totally sounds like they took the like music to Scarface, pushed to the limit, but then they like changed the words. But it's really funny because it's just basically like telling you the story of like what's going on in the montage, and it's just great. And how to have a montage in the song. All right, that's it for our music spotlight. If you want to check out our songs in full, you can check them out on our website. Thanks for joining us on our very special Olympic episode. We are doing a couple changes because Snarky is back to work. So we're only going to be putting out podcasts every other week instead of weekly. We hope you'll still join us. Yeah, so we'll be back in August with a new episode. So if you'd like to drop us a line and tell us your favorite Olympic event, you can reach us at show at gmail.com. You can check out our website at spunkyandsnarkyshow.wordpress.com. Or you can leave us a voice message on our Anchor page, which is anchor.fm slash spunky and snarky show. Thanks again for listening. Have a good week. And we'll see you in August. See you in August. Have a good one. Bye-bye.